What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Geekly Bi-Weekly. I am one of your hosts, Gabriel Fast, and joining me today is my brother-in-law across the country and my friend. My brother-in-law and my friend. <laughs> What's up, Caleb? <laughs> Not much, Gabe. I'm glad that you can actually call call me your friend. Man, I feel like I've leveled up in you, some way. <laughs> you have. It's like a real-life RPG. Look at you go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Don't know what I had to do to do that, but good deal. Yeah, me either, man. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's just you marry my sister, and then, yeah, we become friends. That's great. That's how it goes. <laughs> I, how's things been, man? How things been in New York? Uh, things have been pretty good. Um, haven't been doing too much gaming or anything. It's I've been super, super busy with stuff. Uh, football has kind of taken over my life uh, as we've gotten into football season. So I've been geeking out over that. But overall, been just pretty busy with boring stuff. <laughs> Being an adult? Yeah, basically, you know, it's one of those things. It's like you uh, reach your mid-20s, and then you actually have to adult and get married, and it's awesome. But, yeah, we have all these responsibilities now, and, yeah. But luckily, still get to geek out about a few things here and there. Yeah, I totally get what you mean, man. And it's kind of weird how some of us have more time than most, but yet we still get to do the things we love. And, by the way, I have checked out your blog. Um, It's good stuff over there. Um, It's a good read. Where can people find you? So it's a chief. It's a football blog. Um, it's called Chiefs in Chief in New York dot com. Um, so you can reach me that way. Or I also have an Instagram account. Um, it's at Chief in New York or Chief in NY. Chief in NY. That'll uh, probably be better. So if you want to check me out there, it's just I post weekly, uh, just a little blog with uh, my thoughts on things that are going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. So if anyone's interested in that, go for it. A little different than what we talk about here, but something I'm interested in, and I just started this year, so it's been fun. Yeah, it's been it's been a really good read. And, and just out of curiosity, has, has this something that you've kind of kicked around and wanted to do in the past, but you just didn't know, you know, where to start or maybe, you know, what – Kind of, kind of talk me through that. Just before, I know we're talking about Star Wars today, but I, I'm genuinely interested, you know, as to what kind of pushed you to want to start this blog. Is it something you wanted to do before? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. In the last, over the last couple of years, I've gotten really into listening to a bunch of different uh, Chiefs podcasts, and those podcasts kind of got me more in depth into the Kansas City Chiefs and football. And it just so happened to be at a time where the Chiefs got really, really good and really, really interesting. So it led to me reading a lot of different Chiefs content, and there's a ton of NFL and football content out there. And you start to realize pretty quickly um, who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't. And it's kind of remarkable how many false narratives and ideas there are in football in general about what makes a team good or bad or player good or bad. So I just kind of wanted to, man – I just kind of wanted to express my own ideas on things and what I thought you know, might be good, might be bad, just get my own opinions out there just as kind of a project for me. So it's only been over the last maybe year or so that I've wanted to start writing and I've always kind of enjoyed writing mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to use it as a way to almost improve my own writing skills as well. So it's kind of almost like a journal, but it's out there for everyone to read and criticize. So that's, 
that's great. <laughs> no, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. And, and, you know, it's it's really cool that you've kind of put yourself out there and been able to do that. And honestly, the the way this podcast came about was, you know, a very similar idea. You know, I started a blog first on Tumblr um, back in 2014. And, um, you know, I, kind of the same deal. I was listening to podcasts. I was, you know, watching a lot of YouTube videos. I was, you know, doing a lot of... Uh, my own kind of research and then it kind of got my confidence up to where it's like, Hey, I can do this too. So I started writing about games, you know, and a couple of people would read it here and there. And then from games, it went to, you know, TV shows that I liked and movies and things like that. And before I knew it, I was interviewing people, you know, and, and then finally, you know, a few years later, this podcast was started. So you never know where it'll take you in. You never know what kind of passion project you'll have next because of that blog. But it's it's a really good read, and I really I uh, I can't wait to see where it goes in the future. So thanks for uh, letting us know where to find that. I appreciate you saying that, man. It means a lot, and yeah, hopefully I'll continue to uh, improve and get better at my writing too. Still pretty new at it, so be uh, be gentle, people, please. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you know how it goes, man. People are pe- yeah. people suck, but not our listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's only the uh, mindless uh, trolls on Twitter and elsewhere that that those people suck. <laughs> yes, exactly. So today we are talking. I don't know if anyone heard that burp, but that was a total burp. I think I burped in the microphone. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about Star Wars. You know, we're we're going into our our new review of uh, Return of the Jedi. And um, just so you know, folks, we are cross country. So if we have any technical difficulties or some you know hiccups here and there, you're gonna have to bear with us. So um, welcome though to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if this is your first time here, you know, what we like to talk about is pretty much anything nerdy, you know, nerdy things, and we like to geek out about them. So, you know, from a podcast that literally started about Star Wars, started, we started this podcast talking about Star Wars two years ago, and here we are trying to finish, um, reviewing all of these movies leading up to the Skywalker, uh, or the Rise of Skywalker, the last movie in the Skywalker saga, supposedly. So, Caleb, just before we get into the in-depth review, do you like this movie? I do. This movie has a special place in my heart. Um, This was the only Star Wars movie that my family owned uh, growing up. So, I don't know how that worked out. I think my mom took me and Emma to the store and told us we could buy one Star Wars movie. And me and Emma chose this one because Emma really liked the Ewoks. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that was the real like selling point. So this was the one Star Wars movie we owned. So I've watched it probably more than any other Star Wars movie out there. And it does. It has such a special place. And even rewatching it now, um, it's it's a great movie. Um, it's probably my uh, second favorite in the entire um, series. It's it's really, really, really good. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. And Emma, it's funny. Emma was actually going to potentially be on the show tonight. We were going to surprise you, but she got to, she got a little too tired. So, um, but yeah, she says that this is her favorite one to watch. Yeah, and, I completely believe it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is the one I, I think I probably watched the most as a kid as well, you know, and it, it definitely holds a special place in my heart as well. But it, it is flawed. 
And, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of looking at it through a different lens. And we've kind of established on this show just because something is nostalgic doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't have flaws, you know. So we try to look at absolutely everything subjectively yeah. and, you know. Will we give this a good score? I don't know. The listeners are going to have to keep going to find out. So let's just get right into it. <laughs> um, so as usual, you know, listeners, we'd, ha- we'd have to apologize because, you know, we have gone super in-depth scene to scene on these movies before. And I figure that's probably not the best formula to keep this podcast alive and keep every, you know, keep it fresh and keep us excited. So while we won't be – we will be mentioning um, – you know, plot points and things like that to kind of move it along and, and give our review of it. It's going to be more of talking points. Um, we're not going to go scene by scene just to con- reconvey information. Um, we're going to try and make it more of a discussion rather than, you know, a play by play. So just to kind of give you that in mind. So as always with our reviews, we like to start with the crawl. And Caleb, you can kind of tell me if this sums up the crawl. We know that Han Solo um, was kidnapped and or not kidnapped, he was captured in um, Empire Strikes Back. So now Luke has to rescue Han. Unbeknownst to them, the Death Star has been under construction. The second Death Star has been under construction, and the Emperor is continuing with his plans for that in hopes to completely wreck the Rebel, what is left of the Rebel Alliance. Would you say that's an accurate uh, description of the crawl? Yeah, I think so, and I think that picks up pretty close i'm not sure exactly how much time is supposed to have passed between uh five and six but i can't say that can be too much time it's probably not as much time as passed between four and five yeah it seems like it picks up pretty quickly yeah i I totally agree yeah it seems like it's probably might be a month or two potentially you know Mm -hmm. but it's yeah it's enough time it's enough time to where you know, Luke could have potentially done some serious meditation or something to, to make himself better. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk a lot about Luke and a lot of the symbolism, yeah. um, in this movie and, uh, kind of just some things that I noticed. Um, so, you know, the opening scene, we have a very strong beginning. Vader is opening, is, uh, visiting the space station, the Death Star, kind of giving the, uh, the general, which I'm assuming that general in the, um, the the landing there that was the general that got promoted in the last movie correct yeah he's like the only one that didn't get choked yeah <laughs> he didn't get which choked. is funny because he like he like gulps when the like uh the platform lowers and vader like shows up he's like oh god i'm going to die totally yeah and you know <laughs> he's it... like have you seen the outside of this death star it's clearly not ready i'm going to get killed yeah exactly he's like i think vader asks him some you know vader did like the first thing vader says is you're behind schedule and the guy's like, dude, we're freaking trying. Like we're, we have everyone, all hands on deck. And, you know, it. I mean, he kind of, that was kind of ballsy to stand up to Vader like that. But yeah. But then he, he turns to like being like, well, we'll double our efforts the second he heard. Yeah, he exactly. He's going to show up. He's like, man, that, that changed quickly. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really did. Um, One thing I noticed, you know, kind of with the vibe of this movie, it seems like we have a very gracious transition and a, and a uh, an acknowledgement from um empire strikes back because that had a very specific tone and that kind of bleeds into the beginning of this movie but literally right after that scene it completely changes and it's so well done because you kind of are have your memory jogged a little bit of what happened in the last yeah. movie just with the imagery and things like that i mean that's just how the human mind works but i, I really yeah, really liked that yeah and i think it's 
that's a really good point because I think if we opened up immediately on Jabba's palace, we would think we were in a different movie franchise. Um, rewatching it, I think the thing that stood like that really stuck out to me uh, more than anything else was Jabba's palace and how just kind of weird and freaky and crazy it all is. And it looks like something out of a different 80s sci fi movie. Yeah, <laughs> that was exact. That was my barely ex- looked like something out of Star Wars. Yeah, that was my exact thoughts. Honestly, like I I wrote down, I was like, man, this looks like something like out of like uh, Never Ending Story or like uh, some like Jim Henson like type movie. Which I almost wonder. I know George Lucas and Jim Henson had like crab crabulate or wow, they'd worked together on other projects before, and I, it's like, man, all these aliens and the puppetry and all this stuff. It looks so so much like all of that right yeah no it makes sense you know it's very much in the same time period as all that stuff was happening and my thoughts are exactly the same as yours you know i fig, i think all of that stuff was so popular around that time mm-hmm. so it made sense to put that in a star wars movie but you have to admit it is gimmicky and it does get old pretty fast yeah and the uh the one thing that just kills me about Jabba's Palace, because I like it's fine, like it's fine. The one thing that I hate is uh, the uh, singing routine thing. Yes, God, I wrote oh, that down. God. It's so bad. It is probably my least favorite thing about this movie. It's oh, it's horrible. And but I mean, at least immediately after it, you get to see like one of the greatest Star Wars monsters um, just completely devour some chick off screen. <laughs> Some poor Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I I literally you're literally going like note for note everything that I wrote. I have oh, <laughs> Jabba's yeah, Jabba's Palace. We have and like wow, we have so many aliens and so many different things that we haven't really seen before. And I think it's kind of hard to look at that and take that into consideration because we've anyone who's listening to this podcast has grown up listen has grown up watching these movies and you kind of forget that Yes, there were aliens and there were beings in the other Star Wars movies, but this is the first one. Yeah, this is the first one where you just have, you know, not even just a little bit or a sprinkle. I mean, that was kind of what made Empire so cool was, you know, you had all these bounty hunters sprinkled in and things like that. And there was so much mystery to them, whereas it feels like in episode six, you know, we kind of have just everything thrown in our face all at once. And it is cool. Like, I'm not going to deny it's cool. It is, but there is so much through the entire movie. I mean, yeah, we go from Jabba's it, Palace to all of these other things, and then you know, ending with the Ewoks and all that stuff. It's cool, but you know, it. I'm glad they only did that like one time. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I think I think it sets it. It kind of sets it a tier below Empire. Oh, um, totally. Because I think it also it places this movie as being an '80s movie. Totally. Um, and I don't think Empire suffers from that problem nearly as much. Um, it's just I don't know one of those weird things that just puts it a little. It puts it a tier below Empire. Yeah, Empire is you know the storyteller I think, and I mean mm-hmm. this very much feels like the summer blockbuster to wrap up the franchise. You know. Yeah. And exactly. but it's still good. You know, it's still good, oh, yeah. and it has its it has its place for sure. But that was just one thing I noticed that I did not like or did. Just, I like it. I just wish there was less. You know, because there's just so much. I mean. You go from Jabba's Palace that has all those people in it, and I'm curious about them. Then you have the barge, and then it just it just you know you cut. It's just we'll we'll, we'll go into what we'll go into a little bit later. But you know, basically, yeah. we, we realize um, Luke is trying to you know basically get Han back, and Jabba doesn't want to bargain bargain with him. 
And yeah, that stupid CGI musical number that has aged just horribly. It just horribly. just makes me it's it sure is catchy though, but you know, it oh, it just pisses God. me off. Like I, I get really mad whenever I watch that scene. Um you know, and we kinda I, I do like how whenever the bounty hunter shows up with Chewie, you're kind of just like, Oh, who's this guy? You know, what's going on? And then whenever you see after that scene you see Lando is kind of incognito then it kind of all comes full circle. You're like, okay, they're here to get Han. And I paid attention. I've been watching these movies with subtitles. They went back and forth between getting, you know, for money. So I think Jabba paid Leia 35000 whatever, credits or whatever. And I think that's how they end up buying, you know, uh, the Death Star plans or something. Because they kind of reference... Leia kind of references paying a price later in the movie. So it's like you get Han Solo and you take a lot of the money that he potentially owed Jabba back. <laughs> hmm. I don't I don't know. It's yeah. something kind of caught this time. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I'm re- I must they be. Could have, they could have gone back to ba- uh, Jabba's palace after uh, they blew up his barge and just, you know, ransacked the whole place. Yeah, that's true too. That's probably <laughs> that's probably what happened. <laughs> I have written down one thing that's always bothered me about Jabba's palace and the whole defrosting Han Solo thing is the scene whenever she's sneaking around. Why is everybody sleeping in the same room? It's just it's a massive, horrible party. <laughs> like just, I don't know. Everyone's just hung over, so they're just all sleeping around in yeah. the same room. Okay. I mean, that's a good. That's a good point because I mean, at least that you know lets me know that you've never been to a party like that. It's good since <laughs> you're married to my sister. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just like some drunken college party. It probably didn't end until four or five in the morning. Who knows? Yeah. That that makes sense. Yeah. I. I. You know. A very uh, a debauched life, so to speak, or a very debauched party that uh, yep. has, has gone to the early morning. That makes more sense. Um, <laughs> dude. With this, the best singing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about Jabba's puppet, like just the way Jabba, Jabba the Hutt, because I mean, he's, it's, it's, you know, watching it through this, this time, it's pretty obvious that that's operated by probably a few people. Yeah. And God, but they make it look so gross i mean he's just a gross thing i mean he is so yeah. nasty yeah it's bad the slobber I think the, the mucus than, i think the only thing grosser than him is his little um um like dog alien thing oh, that he has yeah just laughing the whole time <laughs> like uh, it's so bad yeah. god just everything just everything about just jabba and his palace is just it's all just so gross. Like, yeah. I think – I can't imagine – imagine what it smells like. In oh, God. Don't even go there, man. <laughs> it probably smells like a freaking uh, – oh, God. I can't – okay, I can't. I was going to say something, but it's I probably can't. Um, One thing I noticed this time is whenever Han is getting defrosted and Haba and Haba and Jabba realizes what's going on, Han's just kind of talking. I never really noticed how delirious he is. And he's probably, he's like kind of going back into like his trying to talk himself out of anything, you know, mentality. Yeah. He's like, I'll pay you triple. You know, it's like, dude, what, do you even know where you are? And then it occurs to me, no, he doesn't know where he is. And he doesn't, he really doesn't know what's going on. So 
yeah, it's something I never really caught before, but I thought that was pretty good delivery and uh, directing and acting, you know, all together to kind of get that uh, that vibe. Yeah, I no, I love disoriented Han throughout the entire time. It's pretty great because it's just like completely out of place in this other um, calculated pl- as this calculated plan is coming together. He's just completely out of place and just kind of bungling along like trying to help and stay out of the way. It's pretty, it's pretty great. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, it's, it's very well, it's good storytelling in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, we get Luke showing up and some things that I've always kind of noticed, or at least for the past few years is the way Luke shows up and force chokes those pig things, whatever those things are. He's in a black cloak. He has a very dark demeanor. And yeah. it's like he he's very reckless through this entire, you know, a uh, couple of scenes, especially on the barge, too. And he's sure acting like a Sith would acting off of emotion. And it really just goes to show that, yes, his powers are increased and he has become stronger. But at the same time, he's still very naive and he's still very, you know, early on learning his powers, which I think could kind of a little, at least a little bit, make up for his character in later, you know, in the later movie. Um, in episode seven and eight, it's like he never really had proper training whenever you think about it. And oh, it kinda, no. You know yeah, what I mean? No, Luke was, I don't think, ever this just saint of a Jedi. I mean, I think if Luke was acting that way uh, before the Jedi Order was um, destroyed, he would have been very much like a Qui-Gon type yeah very much so like a out outcast um yeah he probably wouldn't have uh he wasn't a complete like goody two-shoes i mean he's trying to do the right thing but he's not like following the code and yeah it's because he doesn't have the proper training right yeah that's exactly that's exactly my thoughts and um i just put like force choke it's like the only time we've ever seen anyone choke anyone it's always been people who are bad, you know? So yeah. it's like, that's not something a Jedi would typically do. So I just, I found that interesting. And he keeps that black cloak on through the entire movie. Um, yeah. So obviously we have, you know, the pretty, he goes to try and, what's the guy, what's the guy with the weird thing around his head that Luke tricks? Oh, Bib Fortuna? Yeah, 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 Bib Fortuna. And, you know. How did I know that? <laughs> I don't, dude, I don't know. You're geekier than me. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he tricks him, you know, into talking to Jabba, and Jabba told him that he wasn't going to bargain with him, which leads to, you know, Luke kind of getting cocky and saying, "Don't underestimate my, don't underestimate my powers, you know, don't, don't take this for granted, like, you know, we will destroy you." So, which that inevitably that inevitably pisses Jabba off, <laughs> and Luke has to fight the Rancor. Through some theatrics, he wins, and now we find ourselves on the barge. <laughs> Long yeah. story short. Um, this... I, lo- I love the Rancor, by the way. I just want to put that out there. We don't have to dwell on it, but the Rancor is pretty. Uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, totally. Especially, I think that's one. That's one monster that's really looks good still. Just like the, like the gleam in his eyes. You know, whenever he comes out of the dark and like the lights reflecting off of his eye, and you can see it. I mean, it, he's a freaking dope monster. I mean, yep. I never forget in uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I don't know if you ever played that game, but there is uh, almost every single time I would be under leveled every time the first time you have to fight one of those. <laughs> and um, it, no matter what game you're playing or what you're watching or reading or whatever, 
whenever you see a Rancor, you're like, oh, frick, every single time. Like, it's one of the most menacing monsters of all time, for sure. Yeah, it's a good monster. And, uh, yeah, the the problem, I think, with that scene is the big fat guy that comes out crying <laughs> because of his the Rancor died or whatever. And it's just so weird. But... I mean, Jabba's palace is just weird. Yeah, I mean, people do things a little bit differently on Tatooine, apparently. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> um, the party barge is pretty pretty funny, and, and this is really the moment I think it's come full circle. I always thought about Jabba being the mafia, you know, the huts yeah. being the mafia and things like that, but this really came full circle for me. Like, they have a, a barge. It's just so luxurious, you know, and it's something that, like, only a a shady person would probably have. It's like, who has time, A, to have a boat and be on it all the time? Usually yep. drug dealers. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? Like, so it the, the profile totally fits, you know, the the, the person. And uh, this whole scene, the, the this whole first 20 minutes or 30 minutes of this movie moves so fast. It's just like, boom, 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 you know? And... I don't have a problem with this scene, but I found myself like just I couldn't wait until the scene was over, even though it is exciting. It's just I don't know. I think I've seen it a million freaking times. And there's a couple things that kind of pissed me off. So whenever we have uh, and this is something that's always made me mad. We have the main antagonist or one of the main antagonists of Empire. Boba Fett goes out like a complete punk, dude. I wrote down the exact same thing. I wrote down Boba Fett going out like a punk is one of the things I just like dislike. It's the second it's my second least favorite thing in this movie. Yeah, it's it's just it's so untasteful and yeah. It it's a slap in the face, you know, and I kind of I wrote down the first thing it made me think of was the thing about the Force Awakens is the lightsaber, right? We see the lightsaber and it's like, "Oh my god." And then what happens the very first thing we see in The Last Jedi? They toss that lightsaber over the side. You know what I mean? It means nothing. Yep. And that's just kind of how it felt in this movie too. It's like Boba Fett's a, a B.A. And it just means nothing, you know? So that was one thing that kind of made me mad. And I, it kind of is upsetting too about this scene that the Sarlacc, which is supposed to be super menacing, is really just super laughable just because of how bad it looks. Like I would, I would, <laughs> I would almost just say whatever the original cut was without any CGI, go back to using that, like use that. I don't want to see his weird looking 2001 CGI mouth coming out of the ground. Like it doesn't yeah, look it, good. It, it doesn't need to be a Venus flytrap. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why can't it literally just be a pit where people fall into it and uh, just annoying, but it also doesn't need to burp after it eats somebody. Yeah. It does that a couple of times, I think. Like, more than once, I think, it burps. It's yeah, just frustrating. Yeah, it burps after it eats Boba Fett. Yeah. The thing about Boba Fett, too, is like... Which is just like another slap in the face. Yeah, exactly. It's like, man, Boba Fett's like a good villain. And especially if... And this is, I think, where the continuity comes into play a little bit, which I did like how they made sure Han was wearing the same thing that he wore in Empire Strikes Back whenever he gets defrosted. I thought that was good. Mm. But if Boba Fett literally means nothing in this movie, then don't freaking give him a backstory in the prequels. Like, no one cares at that point, really. I mean, like, I don't know. It just seemed kind of... I mean, people care. It just seemed kind of counterproductive since we know he dies. I don't know. 
but yeah. um yeah it's a mystery yeah it's it's a mystery um man this scene luke is just going to town like he is like really just slicing and dicing fools left and right yep no remorse no remorse whatsoever it's like he is on a mission he's gonna do whatever it takes and you know who knows what it's doing to his personality as time goes on but i don't know i i feel like the barge is is kind of a mess just because there's so much going on and i mean you have jabba gets killed in the grossest way possible but yeah probably the most real death scene i've ever seen or gruesome get death scene i've ever seen in a pg movie yeah for real i mean he gets hardcore <laughs> wrecked i mean yeah by you know i mean it's very it, it's pretty graphic um but With his tongue sticking out yeah his tail waxing, and yeah oh yeah yeah dude his like tail whenever his tail is shaking oh that was nasty i just oh god it's so gross i hate jabba um but, you know, for whatever, you know, this scene's kind of a mess. There, This whole couple of scenes is kind of a mess, but it, it works. It does its job. Our heroes are, you know, job is dead. Our heroes are fine. And now it's on to the next thing, the next plot point, which is Luke needs to go see Yoda. And he's going to meet up with uh, Han and Leia and Lando and Chewie at the Rebel fleet. Yep. So this is another thing. This next scene is probably the worst thing about this movie for me really where he's with where he's with yoda yes and not because not because um not maybe not for the reason you think it's going to be i think the scene is good but just the way it's handled just storytelling wise i feel like there just should have been more um well you think you think yoda just spewed out too much information all at once as he was dying yes like it was kind of it it was a it was a deus ex machina of storytelling it's like well yoda's time is up we don't have we don't have time to make this movie you know three hours or whatever so that we've already spent an hour at Jabba's. exactly it's like we don't have time (laughs) to give luke to really give luke training and it's gonna you know and we'll figure out a way to make it work for his story later so we're gonna kill yoda and it just seemed lazy to me to, to kill Yoda right now and kill him literally in five minutes, you know, or whatever, however long, uh, he, however long their conversation is. And we do, we do get a lot of information and it's fine, but, um, yeah. Hey, and hold on, hold on. Not, one second. What? Go ahead and say, go ahead and say what you want to say. I'll oh, edit, I'll edit on. this. Um, What's funny too is Yoda doesn't even tell all the information that Luke needs there because then Obi Wan has to force, uh, force ghost his way back to tell him the rest of the information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just felt like a wasted moment, and I mean, yeah, Yoda is just Yoda's a legend. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I can understand your problem with it. It would have been nice if they could have figured out a different way to tell as much as I guess as much exposition as was put there in that those couple of scenes. Yeah. It but just, it just felt like I they I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think they just made the creative decision of, okay, we want to spend our time on tattooing. Yeah. We want to spend our rather, rather than right. going through all this emotional stuff. And I think that serves into what you're talking about earlier, being more of a summary blockbuster wrapping up the whole thing. It's like, well, we'll have more action and stuff that everyone enjoys rather than 
you know, more serious storytelling. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, that's exactly what it is, is, you know, because Empire Strikes Back was obviously very commercially successful. So they wanted to make it even better than before commercially successful, because at the end of the day, it boils down to dollars and cents. And, you know, I understand that, but it just, I don't know, this time around, it really bothered me because I think it's just because I've been watching all these movies in sequence and it just felt very out of place for him to go out like that. And I mean, it is a sad moment. It's a tender moment. But then you have, yeah, like Yoda's, or I'm sorry, um, Obi-Wan's force ghost shows up and Alec Guinness, literally, I think this is the last time we see Alec Guinness. And it's pretty clear that he doesn't like being Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point. Um, yeah. like he just, it just seems like not a lot of delivery is in the lines and I don't know. It was just kind of irritating, but we do learn, you know, that Luke's not quite a Jedi yet. He needs to, you know, finish training and the way he finishes his training is going to be by confronting Vader and all these other things. So, and we do learn that, you know, before, before Yoda died, he told him there was another Skywalker and Obi-Wan tells him that, you know, basically confirms that it's Leia. So, we knew that we we kind of knew and inferred what uh, Obi Wan was talking about whenever he said Anakin, you know, or Darth Vader killed Anakin, which he's right from a, a point of view, but that he does say something that really holds true throughout all of Star Wars, and he says the truths you cling to depend on your point of view, which kind of makes sense, you know, throughout the entire thing, like. From Anakin's point of view, the Jedi were evil, but you know, from from the good guy's point of view, like the other one is evil. So it's it's a classic battle of he said, she said, and um, a classic a classic tale of everybody has an opinion and they think their opinion is right no matter what, you know. So I just I thought yep. that I'd never picked that up before that they said that in this movie, and it really makes sense in movies to come and the previous movies. Yeah, it's really really interesting i mean that's a big uh, like kind of reflection on society too because you see that in society as well everyone has their opinion and everyone thinks they're right and can't be told differently and it'll be interesting to see because the whole idea is bringing balance to the force um see how they do this in the ninth movie if they're able to actually finally have some balance <laughs> and if that means that there's only one like true point of view or way of looking at things who knows yeah i'm just really anxious to see what they do you know it'll it'll be pretty dope and just calling it right now i think they're calling it the rise of skywalker because i think anakin is somehow going to get rezzed but that's just me moving on <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to the fleet which is pretty dope akbar is one of the funniest characters i've ever seen in my entire life i love him man man I he's so him. funny <laughs> just the way he talks and everything. Um, this is where we learn that, you know, the Death Star has been being prepared and the Emperor is basically unprotected with no with no offensive power. The um, offensive weapons, the weapons on the Death Star are not um, operational. So they think that they're going to be get, doing well by trying to hone in on Endor, deactivate the shield, and go kill the Emperor and blow up the Death Star. This is their chance. They think they're going to catch him by surprise. Um, so we find out Lando is going to be the one leading the attack. Han Solo is going to be taking a team to Endor to disable the shields. So it's going to be going back and forth between these two. And then we learn that Luke is basically... We, we find out later Luke is going to be doing his own thing. 
So little do they know that the emperor already knows this and they're walking into a trap. So just kind of moving it along just because there's a lot to unpack, you know, over the next. Can I just mention, can I mention one stupid little thing real quick? Go ahead. Yeah. There's that one other really bad thing that dates this movie. Um, And it's in that scene where they're discussing the plans. Um, And it's that one general's horrible comb over. Oh my god, yes, dude. <laughs> the worst hair I've ever seen. <laughs> dude, I literally I don't it's ridiculous. It is. I don't know why my mind went to this, but I'm like, good god, what am I watching? Willy Wonka? <laughs> I was like, good god. What is this? Like uh, yeah, dude, I I t- I didn't write it down, but I very much was like, uh Whenever I saw it, almost, that. it's not even like almost eighties hair. It's more like seventies. Like it's it's so funny. Yes, no, it's it's, it's horrible. <laughs> who who made that casting call? They need to lose their job and their life. Or whoever the makeup and hair person was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good lord. No, I definitely that that was that was that was a very much yikes moment. <laughs> Sorry. No, I thank you for mentioning totally that. Stupid, thank, no, hilarious. thank you, thank you for mentioning that. That is that is, that was that is hilarious. Because I, I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> um, so moving into indoor, you know, um, th- this just this the rest of this movie from this point, it just moves so fast. Cause, yeah, it is. It just it's I love the second half of this movie. Yeah, it's, it's great. So fast-paced, there's so much going on. The way that they are able to juggle all three different like set pieces is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. It's really, really well done. It's kind of a. Uh, an achievement in editing, you know, directing and editing yeah. on on uh, the production team's part because it is it is really well done. But it, I, if this movie had been made today, I think they could have definitely made it three hours long by kind of focusing and taking the time they needed to tell certain story points. But you know, it is what it is. So basically, yeah. as soon as we get to Endor, we're basically already going through the woods, you know, zipping. Han Solo is going to try and sneak up on some uh, troopers. He's backhanded and, like a punk. Yeah, exactly. And then he, yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's like, you remember that scene in Waterboy whenever the, <laughs> whenever Bobby Boucher throws the uh, ball out the window and the, the, the uh, <laughs> freaking professors, he's just like, shmay. <laughs> like, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what happens to, <laughs> that's what happens to um, Han Solo. Whenever he gets backhanded by that scout trooper, it was oh, uh, so great. It was it was pretty great. Um, so yeah, dude. Literally, anytime I'm going through the woods on our property, uh, you know, if I'm on my ATV or whatever, I always think I'm on freaking indoor right now. Like, and this this <laughs> scene is responsible for that. So, um, you know, just the zipping through the woods and just the way it looks for its time, it just really, I mean, it was a, a very, it was a, just a technical achievement, you know, for that time to make it look like that. Um, yeah, that whole, the whole speeder chase scene is awesome. And those speeders are so cool and like the whole way that that's done. And yeah, I can't imagine how difficult it was to kind of all put together back in the eighties. Yeah. But it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. It really is. Um, so this is the point where Luke and Leia get separated. They were going to rendezvous later um, with Han, or the, I think the plan was to rendezvous with Han, you know, back to where they were before, no matter what. But they get separated. Um, we get this scene, you know, where uh, 
well, first, you know, Luke goes back to Han and he's like, where's Leia? They, so the, the search for Leia is on. And then Leia is, basically gets confronted by the Ewok for the first time. And the Ewoks, I mean, you can't help but laugh at them. You know, I mean, they're pretty cute and they're they're just funny. You know, they're funny they're little f- characters. And I want to I want to make this just perfectly clear to everyone that hates them. It's just they're fine. I don't think they necessarily are this horrible thing that everyone makes them out to be. They're totally perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it takes away from the movie. I don't think it. I don't think it really. I mean, if anything, it. I don't know. I think it does really well for the storytelling, personally, especially yeah. like to, to beat it, everybody. Like, if it, and if it weren't for them, ever like their plan would not have worked. Yeah, <laughs> totally. No, you're exactly right. And it is kind of funny, though, to see their culture. And it's crazy to me how, you know, they can be in those costumes like that. I'm sure those are actually people inside those costumes. They are. And, so they were uh, like child, um, like dwarfs, I think. Oh. I'm pretty sure I saw that like behind the scenes. That's how they got people like so small to do it, which is so 80s and crazy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but it makes sense, you know. And yeah. There's a lot of personality that shines through, you know, and just the demographic and the culture of the Ewoks. And, I mean, yeah. that's why the Ewoks get put in the games now. And, I mean, that's why Ewoks are still a part of the storytelling is because they, they play a pretty big part. And they're fun. You know, they're fine. They're not that big of a deal. But they do have yep. a very strange culture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, while that's all happening, we find that Vader wants to pursue Luke. And the Emperor, the Empire, I'm sorry, the Emperor is still kind of suspecting you know some stuff's going on there like okay what's what's vader up to you know so he goes to pursue luke and now we go back to luke and han they're basically pursuing leia a trap is set chewbacca um grabs the meat the raw meat and they're basically trapped by the ewoks they get netted up in a in a tree and um we get to see you know their village and kind of how they do things and I mean, I'm pretty sure they're preparing every, all these guys, you know, to eat them. And, yep. uh, you know, it's just it's just a kind of a, a funny thing. But they're they're giving C-3PO special attention, right? They're they're uh, they think that he's, you know, the god or whatever. And whenever Leia shows up, it's pretty funny whenever Luke's like, hey, 3PO, tell him that if you don't let us go, you're going to use your magic. And C-3PO being an idiot is like, what are you talking about? And Luke's like, just do it. So the scene where <laughs> the scene where he makes 3PO levitate, you know, and he's like, oh, put me down, you know, like that you do really have. I mean, you kind of feel bad for the Ewoks because they are legitimately they're like, what the crap is happening? You know, we were about to eat. Everything was going to be good. And now your freaking voodoo, ma- voodoo magic, you know, is <laughs> ruining our evening, our feast. Um, I don't know why they got Leia so dressed up. That was kind of weird. I've always wondered about that. Um, but yeah, so basically in one scene, they went from being dinner to now they're, they're all friends. They're all, they're all fine with each other, which is how they get, uh, which is how they get, you know, their, um, alliance, so to speak for the next few scenes. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that transitions like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of strange, and again, it's a gimmick. <laughs> um, they needed an excuse to get the Ewoks a part of the story somehow, and it works. It's fine. It's weird, but it works. Yeah. Um, 
So around this time, we kind of come to the conclusion Leia's off, by, or Luke is off by himself, and Leia comes to find him, and he basically divulges that, hey, you know, we're brother and sister. And also, we kissed that one time. Yeah, let's not talk about that. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, we'll never talk about that again. I think Family Guy actually makes fun of that in um, something, something dark side or whatever. Oh. I think they actually make fun of their kind of call that out. But um, anyways, so we kind of get a look into Han and Leia's relationship as well, because Han's very jealous. So he's like, what? You can tell Luke, but you can't tell me, you know, and then he apologizes kind of like, I don't know, for whatever reason, it reminded me of like the cheerleader and jock, like the jock does something to piss the cheerleader off. And she's like, you're stupid. And he's like, come on, baby, I'm sorry. And then she goes back to him, you know, every single time. That's what it reminded me of is that sort of, uh, relationship. It's like totally, you know, they probably do really care about each other, but there's a, a little bit of toxicity there in that relationship. Yeah. And I think that bears its ugly head again later <laughs> on in the series. Yes, for sure. It does. Um, so then, you know, Luke is surrendering himself to Vader and they're talking about their feelings. And um, Luke basically is saying that he sees the good in Vader still, but Vader can't change. So that's whenever Luke says, then that means my father truly is dead then. Yeah. Um, I love that whole conversation because it's just very father son. Yeah. Um, like trying to put myself in either of their places. It's really interesting. Um you know, because I think it's just it's kind of a real conversation between, you know, it's just a father and son trying to talk to each other and trying to help one another out. And they both have such opposing views on things. But and like they feel like they have obligations and but they want to like, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting, that conversation. Right. I mean, they each have their own viewpoint, but they're trying to find a common ground. They each have an agenda. But at the end of the day, it's like. All right, well, you're going to live your life, I guess, and I'm going to live mine, you know, because that's, I mean, that's just realistic. That's what happens. But I agree with you. This is a very casual conversation and it is very believable and down to earth, even though, you know, you yep. have a cyborg and a space wizard having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I really like that scene as well. You know, you really going to get to see their relationship and it just all kind of comes full, full circle and starts to make sense before, you know, the big thing happens. But, um, you know, Vader is going to bring him to the Emperor. And from here on out is where it gets a little sketchy because we have things happening all the time. You know, we have things kind of intertwining. We have the assault on the shield. We have the assault on the Death Star. And we have the relationship and the conversations, the fight between the Emperor, Luke, and Vader. So I think we should kind of just try and wrap it up, you know, because we could talk. I mean, we could go in depth and go beat by beat. Yeah. But this whole thing is incredibly exciting. Yeah. Because you have the fleet showing up before the shields are disarmed because the shield because uh, Han and his crew got captured. So the Ewoks invade. Then you have the Ewoks and the rebels trying to beat up, you know, trying to get the stormtroopers so the fleet is trying to just figure out what to do because they can't get to the Death Star. And while all this is happening, the Emperor is showing Luke, hey, yeah, just so you know, the Death Star is going to be operational. And, um, yeah, your friends are all going to die. 
So you have the Emperor kind of working over Luke and just all, everything that's happening all at once, just the way that they tell the story through the edits and the, the, the scenes is pretty cool, you know, until it kind of comes to a conclusion. But we do – I think if I had to pick one thing, I mean because we know, you know, the battle on Endor, you know, the good guys win there and they're just kind of – you know, they do their job on Endor. They get it, they get it done. They get the shields disarmed. Lando gets in and disarms – you know, blows up the Death Star. <laughs> So I think the thing that I think we should probably focus on the most is just the whole interaction between Vader and Luke and the Emperor because – Yeah, I think it's the most important thing. Yeah, because obviously Sidious still thinks in terms of the rule of two. So he thinks he's the strongest, but if he thinks Luke is stronger than Vader – then he is going to quickly discard Vader. But he's not really yeah. – you kind of get the vibe that the Emperor doesn't really know what the crap is going on and how he really – who he thinks is really better. So he's like, all right, you know, fight to the death basically. Like whoever wins is going to be my – you know, is going to be my new apprentice basically. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. So the Emperor – and we know this from the prequels and from everything. And I mean it kind of you know, shows its head here is the Emperor is very controlling. He always has control of the situation, like from, you know, when he came to power all the way to when he destroyed the Jedi to this and trying to find his new apprentice and destroy the rebel. Very controlling. It's all under his, you know, it's all in his hand. Right. And the one thing that he wasn't really able to plan on, I guess, was the Ewoks, because without the Ewoks um, doing that second attack, the Emperor's plan would have worked. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> And the Emperor is so controlling even that he has somehow managed to get Vader and Luke to fight each other to basically see which one is going to become his apprentice. And because he knows that if Luke kills his own father, Luke's, you know, Luke's gone. He's, you know, dark side. And if Vader wins, then that's totally, it eliminates the threat. So it's so interesting because Luke is able to escape the emperor's control um, and by not fighting and it completely um, it makes all of the emperor's plans crumble that and the Ewoks fighting back and the rebels being able to get their plan to finally, it's so interesting, but seeing just how controlling the emperor is and how that theme had kind of been throughout the, um, the entire story. Yeah, throughout the entire story, it makes me so anxious and eager for this ninth movie. Now that we know that the Emperor is going to be back in some capacity, to see if he's had a, a bit of a control over what's happened in these uh, new movies as well. It's so interesting. Yeah, no, I totally am right there he's with like, you. He's just, he's just a puppet master. Yeah, totally, pulling the strings. And it is kind of interesting to think, like, if he is, because, I mean, you kind of gather that... He's every bit as strong as Yoda, if not stronger. And I hate to say that, yeah. but you kind of get that vibe. So if Yoda can force Ghost out and if Obi-Wan can force Ghost out and if Luke can force Ghost out, then why can't the Emperor, you know? And what what does yeah. the dark side have? If you can do that with the dark side, what is what can what 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 powers are held, you know, on the dark side from that aspect and being able yeah to like you said be a puppet master and pull the strings. So I'm very anxious to see that as well. Yeah. And I'm really I'm going to get really for a second and just I don't know if I'm probably inaccurate on some of this, but from what I understand or believe is that um Qui-Gon was the first Jedi to figure out how to force ghost. 
and that it was almost a way of him finding balance. And all of the Jedi that followed him and being able to force ghosts were ones that were able to find a balance. And they weren't necessarily like following the way of the Jedi, perhaps. And that the, on the dark side, um, they couldn't figure out a way to prolong their lives. And I think the best thing that they had were like, what, what are they called? They're like Sith holo, holocrons or something like that, where they right. were able to put pieces of themselves for later generations to learn from, but they weren't ever actually able to necessarily ghost themselves. Like they hadn't figured that out because they were devoted to the dark side and the dark side didn't let them have that ability. That makes sense. Interesting. I don't know. That might, and that might be totally wrong, but that's for whatever weird reason, the way that I understood it. Yeah. And I, I never knew that, that that was the case. And it would be interesting to see if now, if they have figured out a way to do that, you know, and I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting, but a couple of things that really stand out to me during the Vader and, or at least one thing that really stands out during the Vader and Luke fight, because like I said, we could go beat by beat and it it is an awesome fight, but we've all seen it. We all know what happens. Um, and it's, it's a really cool scene because after, after that fight is over, whenever Luke tosses his lightsaber away, a piece of him, or a piece of his clothing un like undoes and you can see that he had this dark persona this dark vibe going about him the entire movie but now after his flap is open you see it's white that mm. one little piece of clothing is white so it's like he had good intentions the entire way but what happens whenever you mix white and black together get gray you get gray so yeah i think we can safely assume that very much so uh, Qui-Gon and Luke were probably kind of in the same boat and on the same wavelength with trying to find a balance and kind of being a great Jedi. Qui-Gon by choice, Luke just by, you know, just happened that way. But we, um, whenever Vader throws him into, throws the Emperor into, in which, by the way, whenever Luke is getting, you know, like shocked by the, by the, the force, (laughs) um, it's uh, it, it's hard to watch, you know, just like because he's screaming and it's just, it's kind of, it's very dark. Oh yeah, and like you said, in a PG movie, it's like, man, that's that's kind of disturbing, you know. And as a little kid, that always used to scare me, especially like seeing the Emperor's teeth. But yeah. the one thing that ruins this scene is what Caleb. The, it's a no, right? Yes. <laughs> that's a darth vader thing that he just does he screams no god it just ruins it i mean and that wasn't in that that didn't used to be there so yeah it's like i don't understand why they had to put that in there but one thing that is kind of dope is after he throws him over the side whenever the emperor explodes into the abyss just like the force that's coming out of him like all of the power and whatnot that's coming out of him like that I don't know. It just goes to show like how much he really had inside him. You know, that was just, he's like a ticking time bomb of fury. (laughs) Um, but it's a, it's a cool scene. It's a cool interaction. And we get kind of a touching moment, you know, at the end as everyone's, everything's wrapping up and all of these arcs. Um, and, uh, cause from what I, what I can remember, they're on a spaceship whenever they fight like Vader doesn't take Luke to the Death Star he takes him to 
the um like an, another ship is that is that correct no 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 they're on the death star oh yeah because they they escape the they Emperor, you, yeah yeah yeah, yeah they, he they flies escape, away they get in the shuttle right right, and right. i think that was another partner in the battle was the uh rebels were able to take down that super star destroyer yes uh, flagship right which is pretty cool yeah that is cool and you know we get another trench run basically type thing yeah which, which is cool i always like the trench run um but you know the the last scene of this movie or the the scene the scene before the last scene where vader is talking to luke and you get to see his face for the first time since episode three it's very i mean it's it's pretty somber and it's kind of sad just because you mm-hmm. see how how distorted vader has become and and how much of a sad person he really is you know and uh you know i think Luke kind of got that closure he needed by talking, you know, not to Darth Vader, but to his dad. Mm-hmm. So kind of cool. Yeah. But um, just kind of going to the end, do you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, I think it was really, yeah, it just wrapped up well. And that, yeah, Luke got to have that closure with his father. And it's so interesting how this, the latter half of this movie from when uh, Luke kind of turned himself into Vader, just turned into like this father-son story. Yeah. And it had such a good conclusion. Totally. When it becomes. And I thought, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. And I think it makes this movie, it puts it on a better, on a higher level than some of the other ones. Yeah. Especially with the emotion and just with, you know, Star Wars is about family. It's always been about family. (coughs) And, um, you know, or uh, maybe that's not what it's fully about, but one of the main themes is family. And whether or not you have a real family, like people will people will cling themselves to you and call it, call themselves your family you know and that's been seen with that all throughout all the movies so yeah a very good you know strong family vibe there and it it shows you know it kind of exit the movie exits with you know the empire kind of being disbanded and um you know it's kind of it's fallen because the emperor is no is no longer a threat really or so you yeah. know at this point he isn't everything is supposed to be happy and, uh, you know, on, we see on the various planets, everybody's celebrating, like, on Naboo. We get, and, a, we get a Misa free, or Wisa free from the uh, Gungans. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I don't like the Gungans, but I do like, for whatever reason, I like seeing the continuity and the fact that they did add that in there. I mean, it's funny and it's kind of cheesy, but it kind of adds a layer of continuity that I actually kind of like. Yeah. So it, yeah, that and, and seeing Coruscant again, and I think they were pulling down a statue of the Emperor in Coruscant, which was kind of cool. I like yeah. seeing that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then the Ewoks are partying. You know, Luke goes with his with his family. You know, and we kind of see his story wrap up. You know, and it's very happy. And um, I got a I got a somber thought for you. What's that? Um, it's, it just popped into my mind. It's like we on we we know that the Ewoks are aren't afraid of eating people. You think they're just roasting some stormtroopers that they <laughs> killed earlier that day, and they're just gonna feast? <laughs> they're I mean, like, they're banging they're banging on their helmets, yeah, using them as instruments. So I mean, they probably ate them. Let's be real. <laughs> they probably just feasted. Yeah, on they did for they maybe that yeah they probably I mean they probably food savored them so that they would have you know plenty of food throughout the winter potentially. Oh my god! <laughs> just That's probably kidding. why the Ewoks were so in the whole thing is like man we are gonna set. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have food all year. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, oh, I do like how you know we kind of see all of the 
legends kind of showing up. You got Yoda, you got Obi-Wan, and then you get Anakin, which, you know, I do like seeing Hayden Christensen. I do like seeing I do like seeing Hayden Christensen uh Revenge of the Sith style and uh, you know, Force Ghosted to where he can, you know, see his son and it's very happy. And to me, this ending is to me where Star Wars the the story really stopped having meaning or a deeper meaning just because that's where the nostalgia ends for me. Mm. And I can enjoy these new movies and I do enjoy these newer movies that we're going to review later. But to me this is this is where Star Wars ends for me. Um and everything else is just kind of extra bonus, but to me this is like the perfect ending to the story. So, you know, let that be on the record and let people – and I hope that makes sense to everybody. But, you know, I can enjoy the rest of this stuff and I'll talk about it. And I will admit that these newer movies, that it's canon, that, you know, all of the, the new story is, is canon. But to me, this is where personally where the story really – this is this is the end for me. But um, So does that mean that this is the last podcast we're doing on the – No, this is not the last podcast <laughs> because we still have so much Star Wars to talk about. We have, uh, of course, we have uh, The Force Awakens, which we're reviewing next. We do have um, The Last Jedi to review. If there's time, we will be reviewing Solo and Rogue One, a Star Wars story, just as bonus episodes. And I um, to do because that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. It just kind of depends on how the schedule works. And if we don't get to it this year, we will get to we will get to it in year three. And I will tell you, listeners, year three is going to be our biggest year of content yet. We have a lot of things planned. I don't want to spoil it. I kind of want to build some excitement, but we have a lot of things planned. We've kind of built a a base listenership. We actually just surpassed 1500 listens about a week or two ago, which is a lot, you know, for a podcast that posts every other week, whenever, whenever they can, you know? So, um, thank you so much for making that happen listeners. And I can't wait to see where this goes. As always, if you want to shoot us an email with suggestions, you can email us at geekly weekly one, which is just like the number one geekly weekly one at gmail.com. And give us some suggestions and some things you want us to talk about. So, as I was saying before, if we don't get to Rogue One before um, Rise of Sky or Rogue One and Solo before Rise of Skywalker comes out, we will be doing that next year. And I think this is probably a really good time to announce that um, me and Emma are going to be doing a guy and his wife um, at least once a month next year. Um, we'll have at least one episode to post um, for you all coming next year. So that means 12 episodes of A Guy and His Wife. Uh, and I don't want to spoil what it's, what it's about yet. Um, I don't know if, I've already, if I already have spoiled it, but I don't really want to go into it in depth. But after me and Caleb get done talking about Star Wars or the, you know, the Skywalker saga, Caleb, I think what I want to do is I want us to review The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. that so... After awesome. that's only like a month away. Man. I know it's, it's going to be great. Space. So our plan was after we reviewed the Star Wars movies, we were going to um, go ahead and proceed with our next franchise, which is going to be the Fast and the Furious. Yep. I'm making moving from one moving from one uh, franchise about family to another franchise about familia. And yeah, exactly. We will make that happen, but I'm making an executive decision right now. That after Disney Plus drops, we will have access to a variety of Star Wars content. And I don't think it's a good move to switch franchises just yet because we are going to have so much to talk about. How do you feel about that, Caleb? 
Oh, no, that's totally true. I mean, we still would want to do maybe like some Clone Wars stuff. Yes. And then, yeah, with Mandalorian and who knows what else. I mean, eventually we're in the beginning of the one series. Um, who knows what else they'll put out. And the Obi-Wan series. I mean, you know, by yeah. the time we get all yeah. this other stuff talked about, because here's the deal. We have Clone Wars. We have Rebels. We have Resistance. We have the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of Star Wars to dive into. And I just feel like since we've kind of kept this theme going for so long, we need to keep it up and stick true to Star Wars, really play that out as long as we possibly can. And then we'll move on to the next franchise. And if you don't want it to be Fast and Furious listeners, then um, give us some ideas because that's what we're rolling with right now. So um, that's some things I wanted to talk about and kind of announce, you know, at the end of this episode. And um, I do also want to make everyone aware that Geekly by Weekly now has a YouTube channel that is specifically dedicated to reviewing um, music, video games, and movies. So that's kind of where it's at right now. They will branch into other things later, but I have several. Um, it's just me on there. It's called The Wannabe Critic, but it is a Geekly by Weekly production. Um, so I just kind of wanted everyone to, to be aware of that. You can go check us out there, like our videos, subscribe. Um, you can ring the bell. And you'll be notified every time I post a video. But, you know, it all, it, the entire team really is part of making the YouTube and making the show a success. And you're a part of it as well because you, you know, if we get one person to listen to this episode, that's enough drive for me to make, to want to make another one. So thank you all so much for listening and thank you for, for being a part of it. But, um, yeah, if you have any ideas for that as well, if some things you'd like us to re- or like me to review on that as well or some ideas you might have for some video content or if you want to help with anything, definitely let me know there. Definitely email me or tweet at me or whatever. So um, and we definitely have a lot of things cooking right now, um, some newer ideas that we're going to kind of be pushing on the podcast. So be on the lookout for that as well. Um, Caleb, as always, man, thank you for making time. Thank you for for being a part of the show. And I have to say, this has been one of my, um, favorite parts of, of being, of doing geekly bi-weekly is having someone that I can consistently talk to about star Wars, because for whatever reason, I think about star Wars a lot. So, um, thank you for being a part of that. And I don't know how you feel about this, but maybe it would be kind of cool to do an additional episode next month. Whenever, um, the new star Wars game comes out. Ooh, that'd be fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if we can't beat the entire thing, maybe play 10 to 15, 20 hours of it and see where we get. I think that'd be kind of cool to do a special episode. So be on the lookout for that too, listeners, because that that will probably happen. So Caleb, one more time, where can they find your blog? Okay. So it is chiefnny.com. I messed that up earlier, but chiefnny.com. Um, and then on Instagram, it's uh, at Chief in NY, uh, and you can click on the link there. So, yeah, give it a read, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Definitely, man. Thank you so much for uh, for you know plugging that because it is a good read, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely, especially if you like football. So, um, as always, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Geekly by Weekly, and uh, I love you. 